Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with resting on the Lord as we pick up in 2 Chronicles chapter 14, verse 11. And now with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. So I said to the young pastor the other day who was so desperate, I said, whose church is it? He said, well, it's the Lord's church. I said, who created the problem? Are you that fantastic a preacher that they're all coming to hear you? No. Well, then who created the problem of the overcrowded conditions? Well, the Lord did. Well, I said, it's his responsibility, his church. Why are you worried? Lord, we rest on thee. That's not always easy to do. But it's always so comforting when we do. Oh, how I love it when I get to that place of resting on the Lord. When I quit fretting about it, when I quit worrying about it, when I dump it off on him and say, well, sink or swim, Lord, it's your business. And I'm just going to rest on you. Now, God often brings us to that place of the end of our own resources that we might learn to trust in God and that we might learn to just rest on the Lord where it doesn't matter now what happens. If we go under, it's the Lord's church doesn't make any difference. Like Esther, if I perish, I perish. So, no, that's the worst that can happen, I guess. But it's his business, his church, and I'm just going to rest, Lord, on you. You know, God had in mind things that I never dreamed. God had methods and ways that I never thought about. I was consoling myself into the fact that it was a good buy on the property. We could spin off five acres, maybe. Because we would never need more than five acres. And so we could spin off five acres, and and then, you know, we, we would be able to build our church on the other five. But we could recover over half of what we paid by spinning off the five acres. The board members have more faith than I. They no, we're going to need the whole thing. I thought, oh, no, no, we'll never need 10 acres after all. My motto is think small. <laughs> so they talked us into not spinning off five acres. But instead, the Lord sold the corner for, for half of what we paid for the whole thing. Didn't take five acres, just a little part out of the corner. As Shell Oil called and offered us $150,000 for the corner. Paid off one of the notes. And God continued to supply. Each week, he'd provide enough to buy enough materials to keep the crews going. And we just kept going. 
so that by the time the church was completed, the whole thing was paid for. It's exciting to see God work, but it's even more exciting to learn to rest on God. I think that that was the greatest thing that came out of that experience in my life. I did learn at that point to rest on God because I knew that it was much bigger than I could ever handle. And it's still much bigger than I can handle. But don't panic, folks. I haven't handled this thing for a long, long time. I wouldn't dare to try to handle it. It's his church. His business. I'm just a servant. I would hate to try to manage or handle this thing. I don't think I could. I know I couldn't. But I'm just resting on him. Because he's doing such a fabulous job of building his church. And it's just exciting to watch God work. Oh, Lord, Nothing for you to help with many or those who have no power. Help us, O Lord, for we rest on thee. And in thy name, we're going out against this host. Lord, we're on your side. How opposite this is of so many programs today where we devise our whole program and then we say, okay, God, get on our side now and bless this program that we have all worked out. How many times we find ourselves in that position of trying to get God on my side? I choose God. You're on my side, God. (laughs) Now you get behind me, God, and you support every idea and program that I have. And you follow my instructions carefully, Lord, so that we don't get this thing botched up. Now, Lord, I want you to do this, and I want you to do that. And, Lord, if you'll run over here and do this for me. And then when you get through with that, if you'll come back and run over here, Lord. And and we think of prayer as ordering God around the place in order that he might do my will. But that's a totally wrong concept of prayer because God never, ever intended prayer as a medium whereby you might accomplish your will on the earth. And that's a mistake that people make concerning prayer. They think that prayer is something whereby they can get everything they wish if they'll only believe strong enough and hard enough that my will can be done. Oh, but doesn't Jesus say, and whatsoever you ask in my name, that will I do that the Father may be glorified in the Son? Again, he said, henceforth you've asked nothing in my name. Ask, please ask, that you may receive, that your joy may be full. And again, he said, and if ye shall ask anything in faith believing, it shall be done unto you. Aren't those the words of Jesus? Aren't those his promises to us? Yes. Who did he make the promises to? Who was he talking to when he said, Ask, and ye shall receive? Who was he talking to when he said, And whatsoever you ask in faith believing, ye shall receive? Who was he talking to when he said this? Was he talking to the multitudes? No. Who then was he talking to? He was talking to his own disciples. 
when he made these glorious promises concerning prayer. Now, what does it take to be his disciple? If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. To whom is Jesus saying, ask, and if you shall ask anything, he's saying that to the man who, first of all, has denied himself. Thus, he's not thinking about himself or looking out for himself or really even asking for himself because he's denied himself. He's talking to the man who has submitted himself totally to the will of God, even as Jesus said concerning the cross, not my will, thy will be done. He's talking to the man who is fully following him. And for that man who has denied himself and submitted himself totally to the will of God and is interested only in seeing God's will accomplished, he said, just ask, please ask, that you might receive that your joy may be full. But it doesn't mean that I can ask for every little whim and fancy that I may desire every little luxury uh, that, that I might be able to live a very lavish and, and lustful life. It means that I am so committed to God, I'm really not looking or caring about things for myself. I'm only caring now for the work of the kingdom, and thus my asking is involved with the things of the kingdom, the lost souls that are around me, and that work of God to be wrought in these hearts and lives and this community in which I live, and it's glorious to wield that kind of power for God's sake in this needy world. But we've got the wrong concept of prayer in thinking that God is going to yield himself to my will to answer my demands that I may make upon him in prayer. That is not the case. The purpose of prayer is always to get the will of God done, not my will. And thus, if ye shall ask anything according to his will, he hears you. And if he hears, then you know that you've received the petitions that you have made of him. But God's will is definitely involved in your prayer. And your prayers cannot change the will of God. And it would be horrible if they could. Because God's will for your life is the very best that could happen to you. God's will in this situation is the very best thing that can happen in this situation. God's will in the life of your child is the very best thing that could happen to your child. And because he loves you so much, he isn't capricious and will just change his will in order to answer your little whim because you don't know what the whole story is and what the full issue is. And you're just looking with this narrow short-sightedness and you don't see the long-term thing that God is working out. And that's why you don't understand God. That's why sometimes you get upset with God. That's sometimes why you feel like you're, you're just almost destroyed. God didn't answer my prayer. I fully believe and trusted him to work, but he didn't work. Why? After all, I had fulfilled my part. Because it isn't the purpose of God to accomplish your will. Or it isn't the purpose of prayer. The purpose of prayer is to get God's will done. O oh Lord, in thy name we go out against this enemy. 
Don't let man prevail against you. That's exactly the place I came to in the church. Lord, it's your church, and I'm going to rest on you. It's your church, Lord. Don't, you know, don't let anything happen to your church, Lord. Don't let your church go bankrupt, Lord. Don't let your church go under, Lord. In thy name, Lord, and, and you know, don't let man prevail against you. Hey, far from going bankrupt, God has provided because we've acknowledged the Lordship of Christ. We acknowledge the fact that it's his church. And we acknowledge that when he sends the funds, the surplus funds in, that we have the obligation before him to spend those funds just like he wants them spent for whatever purpose and plan he has. And really, the greatest burden upon the board is the proper expenditure of the funds that God has so lavishly bestowed upon us here. And that's why we went into the radio ministry in order that we might have. We felt that this was an excellent way to more or less multiply across the United States what God has done here, because what God has done here has been the result of the teaching of his word and the people becoming strong in the word, knowing God and becoming strong in the word. God has expanded and blessed the work here because people got turned on through the word of God as they really began to know God, they could relate to God and have these meaningful relationships where God has begun to work and change their lives and we see the fruit of the word of God and so we felt the best way to multiply this across the country is to go on the radio teaching across the country. And the interesting thing, every time we take a step and appropriate a little more money for the radio, and we expand the radio ministry. God sends in more. We can't keep up with him. We can't spend it all. So we're in the process of expanding the radio ministry again. We're looking into television, outreach in television. We're looking into several different interesting outreaches to, to sort of invest that which God has given to reach the lives of people across the country. And so we're looking for ways to wisely invest those funds that God has placed in our hands in order that we might expand the work of God throughout the world. And when God guides, God provides. And when God provides, God guides in where it should be used to expand the kingdom. Lord, in thy name, we're going out against this host. Let's, let not men, man prevail against you. And so the Lord, the Lord smote the Ethiopians before Asa. I, that's interesting. The Lord smote them before Asa and before Judah, and the Ethiopians fled. And Asa and the people that were with him pursued them to Gerar. And the Ethiopians were overthrown. And they could not recover themselves, for they were destroyed before the Lord and before his host. And they carried away, that is, Asa carried away much spoil. And they smote the cities of Gerar. And the fear of the Lord came upon them, and they spoiled all the cities, for there was exceeding much spoil in them. And they smote also the tents, the cattle. They carried away the sheep, the camels in abundance, and they returned to Jerusalem. And as they were returning now with all the spoils of war, the victory of God, the Spirit of God came upon Azariah, the son of Oded, 
And he went out to meet Asa, and he said unto him, Hear ye me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you while you are with him. And if you seek him, he will be found of you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. Now the prophet meets him, Azariah meets him, and lays out just a plain statement of truth. The Lord is with you as long as you'll be with him. And if you seek him, he'll be found of you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. This is God's eternal truth. This is always true of every man. The Lord will be with you just as long as you'll be with him. And if you seek him, you will find. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. God's basic truth, unalterable, unchanging. Now, at this point, Asa is flushed with victory. He's just seeing God work in a mighty way in answer to prayer. And in those occasions, you know, you're on spiritual highs that you can't believe when you've just seen God do a marvelous work. And I'm sure that Asa just smiled and said, all right, praise the Lord. But you didn't need to add that last part, man. There's no way I'd ever forsake God. After all, look what God has just done. You don't need to warn me about that. Wait a minute. Beware whenever God warns you of anything, no matter how strong you may feel that you are in that particular area, because God doesn't waste words with you. And if God is warning you about a particular thing, there's a reason why God is warning you about that. So listen, because sure enough, those are the areas where the person gets tripped up, the very area that God has warned them about. I don't think that any of you ever get tripped up in anything but what God hasn't given you advanced warning on that issue. But you ignore it. Oh, but Lord, I'm very strong in that area, you know. I can handle this. And you were warned of God. Stay away. Don't go. Oh, well, Lord, I know how to handle it. I'm, you know, and I know when to leave and... Don't go. But Lord, you, you don't understand. You see, I, I'm going to go and witness for you. And then I know the time to leave, Lord, and I'll be all right. And then as you're weeping and saying, God, I don't know why I did it. Lord, I'm such a miserable. Lord, help me. And he said, well, then I tell you not to go. You see, God gave you the warnings. You just weren't listening. You weren't obeying. God doesn't warn you needlessly. And so the Lord gave the warning to the king. And he said, now for a long time Israel has been without the true God and without a teaching priest and without the law. But in their trouble, they turned to Jehovah, the God of Israel. They sought him and he was found of them. And in those times there was no peace to him that went out nor to him that came in. But great vexations were on upon the inhabitants of the countries. And the nation was destroyed of nation and city of city, for God did vex them with adversity. Be ye strong, therefore. Let not your hands be weak, for your work shall be rewarded. 
And when Asa heard these words, the prophecy of Oded, the prophet, he took courage and he put away the abominable idols out of the land of Judah and Benjamin. And out of the cities which he had taken from Mount Ephraim, he renewed the altar of the Lord that was before the porch of the Lord. He gathered all Judah and Benjamin and the strangers out of Ephraim, Manasseh, and Simeon, for they came to him out of all of Israel in abundance when they saw that the Lord his God was with him. So they gathered themselves together at Jerusalem in the third month of the 15th year of the reign of Asa. And they offered unto the Lord at the same time the spoil which they had brought, 700 oxen of the spoil, 700 oxen, 7,000 sheep. And they entered into a covenant to seek the Lord God of their fathers with all their heart and with all their soul. What a beautiful covenant. Guys, let's just covenant together now. We're going to seek God with all of our heart and all of our soul. You know, that's neat when a, when a bunch of people get together and really covenant, hey, God's going to be first in our lives. We're going to put the Lord above everything else. We're going to seek God with all of our hearts and with all of our souls. What a marvelous thing when people will covenant together in the excitement of a spiritual revival or fervor in this kind of a commitment. God, I surrender everything to you. I'm yours, Lord. I'm going to live full on for you. And you covenant with God that you're going to seek Him completely. We'll continue with more of our verse by verse Bible study in the book of 2 Chronicles on our next broadcast as Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible. And we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order 2 Chronicles 14 through 15 when visiting the wordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's thewordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD. And our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is The Word for Today, P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of The Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. May the Lord be with you and bless you and keep you in His love and grace. May the Lord watch over you. And may you be filled with His Spirit and walk in the strength and in the power of the Spirit of God as He anoints you day by day. Alert unto the Lord in these last days when the world around you is walking in its drunken stupor. May your mind and heart be clear, sensitive to God and to the things of the Spirit. In Jesus' name. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. The Word for Today is pleased to present a timely book entitled Philippians, A Bible Study for Women by Kay Smith, wife of Pastor Chuck. In times of hardship and doubt, are you filled with joy? If this less-than-perfect world has robbed you of joy, 
and fills you instead with fear and worry, you must learn the secrets found in the book of Philippians. Join Kay as she discovers the Apostle Paul's top secrets to a life filled with joy, available to every Christian woman today. Sometimes in the deepest trials, God will so minister to us, or the Holy Spirit will so minister to us, that even in the deepest trials, we can have joy. And that's what we're trying to impress on the people's heart. We have joy just because we have Jesus. For more information on how to order your copy, visit us online at thewordfortoday.org or call toll-free at 1-800-272-WORD. That's 1-800-272-9673. And godliness with contentment is great gain.